You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Locked On Seminoles, brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, tons of great taste, not a ton of sugar, lots of protein, all the things you need. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, grab 15% off your order. I'm your host, Max, and with me for the first time in about a week due to some travel schedules, got my boy Dave. Buddy, uh, how's it feel to be back in the saddle? Hey, man. Feels great. Uh, Nice hot day out. Florida. Always hot, dude. Always. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. I'm uh, I'm down in Sarasota right now at the parents' house. Uh, daughter's going to the circus today, so they're doing that. Um, if the sound quality is a little off, I apologize. I'm I'm rocking just the headset today. I don't have my full uh, don't have my full studio, but you know I'm a professional and I will uh, I will persevere. We got a ton of stuff to talk about today. We've got to talk about some recruiting. We're going to talk about baseball, uh, which will be fun. We're going to talk about the NIL law stuff. And then, uh, you know, we'll do a little draft recap. I'm sure a lot of y'all watched the draft this weekend. Um, hopefully you didn't spend too much time watching it on Friday because there wasn't much need to. Uh, or sat Thursday, I'm sorry. No, and Friday for that matter. But let's, uh, let's, let's start with the young kids and the kids coming in. Then we'll get to the kids that are leaving. Um, you know, Norvell giveth. Norvell taketh away. We uh, we had a pretty disappointing decommit last week. Nigelique Kelly, who I know Drake is super high on. You know, he feels like he'll probably end up being a five-star. If you heard position our uh, yeah, position need on the D-line. If you heard our interview with Trey Rowland that was actually recorded before the decommit, Trey is super high on him too. And there's no reason not to be. So that's a really disappointing decommit. However, however, we got an even better gift. And that is A.J. Duffy. If you aren't familiar with the name, go check out his highlights. Um, he is the second quarterback committed in this class behind Nico Marchiol, who we all know has been a, a bell cow recruiter and, um, you know, just been great for the class. But this, this staff has made no bones about it. They want to take two quarterbacks in this class. So we knew it was Nico and it was like, all right, is it going to be A.J. Duffy? Is it going to be M.J. Morris? We didn't really know, and um, sure enough, they they got they got the commitment from AJ Duffy. Uh, he's actually a California kid, and due to due to the laws imposed by their governor, uh, Gavin Newsom, I believe is his name, they were not allowed to have a football season. So he transferred to IMG Academy this year. Um, so he's sort of Florida, but he's uh, he's not Florida. And just to give you all a little rundown of why you should be excited. You know, you look at his stats as a freshman out in California. He was rocking a 70% completion rating. Uh, he threw 40 touchdowns to seven picks. This year, 2019, or the year before, I'm sorry, 2019, as a sophomore, he uh, a little better on completions, a 70% completion rating, 2,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, seven interceptions as a sophomore in high school. So I, I don't know, Dave, how do you feel about this commit? I'll tell you what, if you watch his highlight tape, that kid can sling it. I mean, he just looks like the kind of arm we haven't had in a while. Uh, I cannot believe we have two four-star quarterbacks 
committed to us right now. How the hell does that happen coming off a three-win season? Well, it's not just a three-win season. I mean, the the sad reality is, and folks, I'm sorry if you're like us and you're old and, you know, time time runs together for all of us, right? But you think back to that Alabama game and the season that transpired from there. Let's see, 2022, these kids are graduating high school. So 21, 20, 19, freshman, 18. These kids were in like seventh grade when that happened. So we haven't been to a New Year's Six Bowl since these kids were in their first year of middle school. So like, that's huge to be able to get a, not one, but two four stars. And we got to give the obligatory shout out. We have a five-star DB committed through Travis Hunter, who's like, committed 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 we have sam mccall high four star likely to be a five star who you know he's um he's committed i mean i don't know if i'm ready to say like he's going to sign the letter but the point is he's he's voiced his commitment and and yeah i mean it's huge so another another big pop on the recruiting trail it's just it's great to see that and interesting to see we have i know you like you mentioned He's a IMG kid right now, but we have two four-star out-of-state quarterbacks, California and Arizona. Right? Isn't Nico from Arizona? He is, yeah. So Nico's an Arizona guy. Goes back, I think, you know, that relationship goes back to uh, Dillingham and Norvell's days out there. Yeah. And I think that it's it, it's two things. One, it's the COVID issue, right? They haven't really had the time to develop the relationships they need to in South Florida. But two... I, I don't know if there's really a lot of quarterback talent in Florida this year. Yeah. There just doesn't seem to be. Um, you know, I know I was listening to another program that has been a guest on this show that we enjoy very much. And, you know, they made the point that at Elite 11, AJ Duffy was by far the best guy there, wins top performer. And he's like not even from Florida. So it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a, a there's a dearth of talent in the quarterback position in Florida, which is odd to see, I think. Yeah. And, you know, one other interesting thing is, He's a Nico's a lefty and Duffy's a righty. There's some, I don't know. It just seems weird whenever you have a lefty quarterback, it seems like you have to change things on offense. So it's good to have some, good to have someone from both sides. I mean, I, I don't know that that matters, but it seems like it should. Yeah. I don't, I don't, dude, I honestly don't know much about the lefty righty thing. You know, you don't see a ton of great left-handed quarterbacks yeah. just because percentage wise, there aren't a ton of left-handed people out there. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if it changes the offense a ton. It maybe more changes how he has to learn to do things and throw a certain way. But um, yeah, I I don't know. So we're really excited about AJ Duffy. That's huge news, folks. If you're excited about the recruiting trail, stay excited. I think I don't think this coaching staff's done yet. I think this class top ten already. I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. Yeah, dude, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I think this class is shaping up to if let me caveat it. If we can perform on the field. I don't think we need to win 10 games. We're not going to win 10 games. Six or more than six, probably. Yeah, we're, we love elite lie season as much as the next people. But if y'all think we're winning 10 games, you gotta, gotta lower your expectations. I think we're, we're in for probably a five to seven game win season, winning. I don't know what I'm saying. We're going to win five to seven games this year. And I think as long as we can do that and kind of show that, Hey, we've improved from three wins. And not just get absolutely obliterated by all of our rivals. I think this could be like the 09 class that brought in EJ Manuel, that brought in Greg Reed, that brought in a lot of those guys. And that's, you know, look, that 2012 team was seven points of inexplicable Jimbo Fisher offense away from playing for a national championship. 
2013 won it, and 2014 went to a playoff. So, yeah, I'm pumped. There's no reason not to be. If this recruiting class shapes up like it's looking already, it's exactly what we needed to get rid of the last four years of just sh- Yeah, and you know what else could be exactly what you need? A Bilt Bar. Are you hungry? Do you need some protein? Grab a Bilt Bar. Seriously, guys, I love Bilt Bar. They're, they're really good. I've always been a big protein bar guy. I think it's just like an easy way to get some protein in while you're sitting around, while you're working, while you're doing whatever. Um, but they're not always the tastiest things in the world. Like I've just never, you know, it's something I've made myself do. You know, when you're when you're thinking about that beach body, you just kind of you force yourself to eat stuff, drink stuff that maybe you're not the biggest fan of. Built Bar kind of tastes like a candy bar. I feel like I'm cheating a little bit. I do the peanut butter brownie, but they've got like 18 flavors. So go to BuiltBar.com, check it out, find the flavor that sounds great to you. I think they even have like a little uh, mix and match situation if you want to. And while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your order. Go to BuiltBar.com, buy some Built Bars now, thank me later. So in other news, now that we've gotten to celebrate, I, I want to do my obligatory just kvetching about baseball for a minute. If you uh, do, you mind indulging me? Can we do that for a moment? Oh yeah, let's. Dude, let's... this team, man. I've said it all year, and I know y'all are tired of hearing it, but like, confounding. I don't get mad when like last year's football team got brained by. Miami. And that one that one pissed me off. But if we'd lost by like 40, 50 to Clemson, wouldn't have surprised me. But like this whole thing where we keep beating these teams we probably shouldn't beat just to go lose to these teams we should destroy. Like I okay, so if y'all are if y'all aren't caught up, we beat Stetson on Tuesday night. We talked about that. And I said we have a cupcake this weekend against Troy. And dude, the bats just haven't been there. Um as we're recording this, they're they haven't started game two or game three yet. But we won three to two on Friday, and then Saturday we go out there. We struck out seventeen batters. Now, if you're like me, you're bad at math. There's twenty seven batters, um, at least twenty seven outs in a baseball game, right? So they scored three times, so probably about thirty batters. Striking out more than fifty percent of the batters is incredible. Um, the school record's eighteen. We were one short, but we just couldn't get it going. We got shut out in Dick Hauser. By Troy, I, uh, Dave, where, where are you at on this baseball team? This is exa- this is exactly what I said was the problem like a month ago that we beat the teams we probably shouldn't and lose to the teams we should. And like I said, I have no idea what this team's going to do in the postseason. We're I there's only one of two options: we're either losing in the regional, probably getting swept, or we're making the College World Series. There's like no in between in my mind. Yeah, and we're going to make it in like fantastic fashion. I mean, it is such a perplexing team. I think I said uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to stick to it. I think next Friday, we, we we go on the road and we play Notre Dame up in South Bend. And I think that'll be a good litmus test for like where this team is in real competition. Notre Dame is a pretty good team. They're not a top five team by any means, but they're a good enough team that I will feel comfortable how we play in that game, saying that that's probably the outlook for the postseason. After that, we've got FGCU, probably inexplicably lose one of those, uh, a three-gamer against Clemson, and then we close out the season at the end of this month, three games against NC State, and then it's the ACC tournament. So I don't want to spend yeah. 
all of our listeners' time. I just wanted to complain for a minute about that. Baseball, all I'll say is baseball is weird. Like, you just have games that make no sense. It happens during a season. But I think you're absolutely right. That Notre Dame series is really going to tell us what this team's made of. Yeah, because at a certain point, you know, you can't play the the baseball doesn't make any sense card for too long. I know we both do. I know, I mean, people on the MLB network, you know, if you go to any of the Locked On networks and listen to, you know, I listen to Locked On Nationals because I'm an Nats fan and, um, you know, you listen to those and they kind of always have that same argument. But at a certain point, you have to say they we did play that game and there was that result that came from that game. You know what I mean? Like it, it can't it can't be forever. Oh, well, you know, that game's not indicative and the postseason will. Yeah, you have to you have to show me something eventually. So uh, a couple games against Florida and Miami, like now at this point, three months ago, isn't showing me something. And I, I, I got to see it when I'm down there. When I'm down there, when they're down there, I got to see it when they're up there in, uh, in South Bend. Now, folks, if you, if you are watching the game and you want to, you want to liven it up a little, you're like, Oh man, I don't know if, I don't know if just watching a college baseball game does it for me. Well, now because of new, uh, federal law, you can put some money on it wherever you live. And if you want to put some money on it, you should do that through betonline.ag. Super easy interface, uh, super easy to use. And if you use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, they'll actually give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So go hit that, make the game a little interesting, and uh, maybe make yourself a little money in the meantime. All right, so let's talk about a little bit of, uh, a little bit of draft recap here. I think that we talked, we did a preview, and now we, we need to do a postmortem. It's... <sighs> Can I just say, like, it's a little weird watching drafts now where, like, there aren't a bunch of Florida State players going on the first two days? Yeah, I mean, we had one on the second day, which was nice, but it's weird. It's weird knowing with the five stars we always have coming through here, well, usually, that we have just no one even in consideration for day one. That's weird. I know, man. It was like when we were doing the, you know, they were sending us out these emails about the draft preview show, and I'm like, well... None of that really applies to us because we don't have any first rounders. And it's just odd. Like, you know, we went through a phase where it was like, you know, here's how many Florida State got drafted. And then here's entire conferences, you know, that haven't matched up to Florida State in the first two rounds. But, hey, it is what it is, folks. Isn't that a good thing, though? Like, the fact that we're still Florida State resonates in, in at least our minds? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'm we're the homers of homers, folks. No, uh, no, no two ways about it. But... Let's talk about it a little. So Asante Samuel ended up, to my question, uh, beating his dad in the draft. He got drafted second to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. And did you see the uh, the phone call that where where the defensive coach basically told him that uh, that Derwin had been lobbying for him? Oh yeah, man, I, I I love it. I just love Derwin James. Please come back. I know, right? Seriously, you got? Do you have eligibility left? Could you be Derwin Dames? Just <laughs> come back for a year for funsies. Um, maybe with this new. Name, image, and likeness. We can pay you now, sort of. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, in a moment that made Drake and I look super smart, uh, J-Rob was the second Florida State player taken off the board. Fifth round goes to the Vikings. I love that pick for the Vikings. I said uh, very clearly last week on the, the draft preview that, that J-Rob is just a two things. One, you can't coach his, his measurables. Those are insane. The guy's got like an eight-foot wingspan. He's huge, and he's pretty quick. And then also he actively improved while he was at Florida State. I mean, he was on an upward trajectory. He got better every game. And I think if you're an NFL team, you you look at him as a tool that you can mold. 
he's probably one of those guys who ends up being great in the NFL and you look back and you think like, how the hell was he not all conference at FSU then? But it's never not been an eye test situation. You look at the guy and you think, Jesus Christ, he should be having three sacks a game. Yeah, exactly. You know who's like that for me? And maybe this makes me a bad Florida State fan and is a bad example, but I don't care. I always forget Graham Gano went to Florida State. Like I never, I don't remember him ever being here. I don't remember ever knowing who he was. Didn't he beat Miami with a last minute kick? Maybe, yeah. I mean, when do you ever learn the name of a kicker? I don't, I mean, I, now I do because I pay so much more attention, but like, right. I don't, like, I don't know. It's just always, they remind you like, oh, Graham Gano from Florida State. I'm like, totally forgot about that. Um, but then we've got, so I want to go out of order. Well, no, we can go in order. So what do you make of Kando going to the Chiefs? I mean, Kando, same thing, tons of potential, but like, I mean, he just never really performed. So do you feel like, like, What's the, what's the deal there? It's it's look it's similar to me. The two of them, where Kendo could end up going on to be an NFL starter because he was he was a five star on some services, and the kid looks like a Greek god. I mean, he was didn't he break the rock before the season? So he was oh yeah he was expected to be that dude. Uh, that dude unfortunately didn't record a sack this year, but. Yeah, I mean, again, the measurables, they're there. The kid looks like something an NFL team like salivates over and thinks, oh, we could do something with that. But uh, coaching staff here couldn't, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's probably true. I mean, I think you get him through the injuries and, and maybe you have a heck of a player. But I, I wish him the best of luck. I don't have much of an opinion on Kando because I think he's a smart kid. I just, again, never saw the performance, was pretty disappointed by that. Opposite, full flip. Hamza Nasruddin goes in the sixth round to the New York football Jets. I don't get it. I mean, I understand he was hurt, but he battled his way back. He he recorded 100 tackles as a safety, 101 tackles as a safety in 2019. I don't know how you look at that, especially when you have like, and I don't want to, I don't want to get off into the whole rant about players getting better, but like Landon Dickerson tears his ACL or whatever in the SEC championship and he still gets drafted in the second round. How do you not look at Hamza like in that same light? I think it was interesting that they did one of those highlight tapes on him. Meaning, like to me, they thought this kid could go pretty high. They don't do those on just everyone. Yeah, they did the whole basketball story with him too about him dunking and all that. Yeah, I mean, the kid, wasn't he all-conference in 2019? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, no, they I'm saying in his highlight tape, they were showing him in high school basketball, like how he could dunk, and they were, but yeah, you're right, it was a whole segment, it was like, here's his athleticism, it translated to football, 100 tackles. And it's not even just that, we, I I showed you guys that PFF tweet about Hamza, which by the way, again, PFF put out a tweet just about Hamza, and how he's one of the most versatile players in the draft. In fact, they've already moved him to linebacker, they've already announced that. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's makes sense. He played hundreds of snaps at like four different positions, and yeah. he's a sixth rounder. I don't understand that. I I think he could be the steal of the draft, except for the fact that it's the Jets and they're not going to use him well, and uh, he's gonna he's screwed. So sorry, Hamsa, we love you. One of my favorite Florida State players in the last four years. I mean that with absolutely no facetiousness to it, but. Oh man, I do not like the Jets. I that's a that's a tough that's a tough sled of it, buddy. Um, yeah, long yeah. history of consistent sucking. Yeah, long history of consistency in the uh, in the way you don't want to be consistent. But, but dude, speaking of, what the hell 
does Arthur Blake and co see in the arm of Matt Ryan for the next like three to four years? They, they keep drafting, like they grab Kyle Pitts, which I, probably the most talented college tight end in a decade. Great. I understand like why you want him on your team. They got more receivers in the draft. How do you like this year, every year they hype up all these kids at quarterback that we know aren't going to be any good. I mean, if you have eyes and you watch football, you knew in your heart of hearts, Sam Darnold was never going to be good in the NFL. Right. He just isn't good. At, he isn't good at football and he isn't good at quarterback. He's just tall, white, kind of looks like a caveman, from I guess, California. and from California. And it's assumed like, well, I mean, you know, he'll be good. Mitch Trubisky. We knew he wasn't going to be any good at professional football. He wasn't that good at UNC. He had some decent stats, but like the eye test was there of this kid is not an NFL winner. Very simple, but again, hyped up because there weren't a lot of, you know, maybe dudes to take in that draft. This year, you had four or five legitimately really good quarterbacks. If you needed a quarterback at any point in the next one to four years, this was the year to do it. And the Falcons just blew it. Yeah. Uh, it, here, here's the thing. They've seen what the Jets have done, and they love that consistency, and they're just really going for it, right? I yeah. will say this. I have liked Matt Ryan since he was at Boston College, and uh, unfortunately, Geno Hayes, I think, was the one that picked him off uh, to end that game when they were number two in the country. Uh, but... I always liked Matt Ryan, and I don't. I think he gets a bum rap because he never has a good team put around him, especially on defense. But I mean, he's older now, and like you said, you had like four different. You could have taken Justin Fields there. Justin Fields. I mean, heck, you could even grab Kyle Trask, which I thought, by the way, was a great pickup by the Bucks. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't get it. I have no idea what they were thinking taking a tight end at four. I get it. He's a very talented tight end. But a tight end's going to account for, like I, what a, like I said, what, 10, 12 touchdowns a year? The quarterback is the centerpiece of your offense. Like why? I don't know. They're, as Colin Cowherd once said, some of these GMs make a hard job look impossible. And that's, that's what they did. That's what the Jets did. Um, I, I really, really don't understand the Zach Wilson pickup. I think there is some interesting upside to him I just think for their offense I, I don't get why they were with him and not Fields or the NDSU kid I really don't get I get the NDSU kid to go out and learn under Garoppolo but Fields going at 11 I mean dude the the Bears basically like it became the purge and the Bears were given a free pass to go commit armed robbery on a bank and they they ran off with millions yeah it, love that pick Great pick. Incredible. So back to our last two guys. We've got Marvin Terry. So, man, this is tough. This one, um, look, I would never wish ill on a Florida State player. I really, I think I was more perplexed by this. Um, I understand Terry a lot more than Marv. I I don't get why Marv didn't get drafted. Uh, I think I saw a tweet from his agent that Drake sent me, you know, that he actually is going to make more guaranteed money than any sixth or seventh rounder. So props to him. But like, I don't know. I mean, I thought he'd go in the first four rounds. I mean, he's, he's extremely talented. You know, I, I like to argue against PFF, but as y'all have pointed out, his PFF grades were very high. 
the only thing I can think of, I don't know, maybe it was injury, maybe it was something else. We don't need to speculate forever, but a bummer to not see Marv's name called, but good for him. Again, more guaranteed money than anyone in the sixth or seventh round. And, and he's on a D-line with Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett in Cleveland. Pretty good setup. Yeah, yeah. So he, look, and these are not the Browns of five years ago when Cam Irving got drafted to them, right? Like the, these, this Browns team is actually going to be pretty decent. So he's not... He's not in a bad spot. So I hope Marv makes the most of it. I really do. And and I think, I guess, two, three years, he'll have the chance to make some real money um, if he chooses to. The one thing I want to address is this weird dark side Noel BS on Twitter of like, oh, Mike Norvell cost him all this money. Mike Norvell didn't cost him a dime. No one put a gun to Marv's head and made him come back. No one could have known COVID was going to happen. So that's, that's also another element. And... Mike Norvell didn't make Marv's production dramatically drop this year. He didn't make Marv look like he got bullied around by Jacksonville State's offensive line. I mean, Marv kind of did it to himself, but he would have made more money if he left the year before, sure. But I, you, you can't blame Norvell for that one. Um, Terry, I, again, dude, I don't know. I don't. Maybe I don't know enough about pro football. Maybe you can help me out here. I don't know how you look at a kid that had one's a four four at six foot five or four. 1,100 yards receiving in 2019. Yes, he had a down 2020, but we know he had to have knee surgery, which, by the way, was not like critical knee surgery. So you don't really have injury concerns with him right now. He's tall. He's fast. He's got pretty good hands. He fought through the injury to come back just to get some tape last year for no other reason than just to show people, yeah, I'll fight through an injury and be out on that field. Yeah, so I I don't get it, but hey, the beauty is the uh, the NFL doesn't pay me for my opinion. So good luck to everyone. Asante, J-Rob, Kando, Hamsa, Marv, Terry. As you all know, I'll be watching Red Zone on Sundays, and I'll be rooting for all of you. So I hope it works out for all of them. And, folks, we hope this week works out for all of you all. I know it's Monday. It's probably your least favorite day of the week. But uh, I'm here to tell you you can do it. All right? You just got to make it through a few hours, and then it's Monday night, which is basically Tuesday. Then before you know it, it's Wednesday and you're halfway to the weekend. So with that, I'm Max. And with me, I had Dave. And this was Locked On Seminoles. Go Noles.